Doggy Dog, a Daredevil Thick. Written by Not Matter Red. Read by Dr. Fumbles McStupid. With the rating explicit. Relationship Matt Murdock, Franklin Foggy Nelson. Additional tags Internalized Homophobia. Fake Pretend Relationship. Matt Murderdock, Freeform. Suicidal Thoughts. Suicide Attempt. Crack Treated Seriously. But it's fucked up crack, like it's HR should hear about this crack. Sex crack, sexual harassment, dubious consent, existential crisis, angst, humor, human disaster Matt Murdock, sexual assault, murder, gallows humor, dead dove do not eat. Summary. Foggy will admit to having, like, a small problem. Just a small one, though. Nothing serious. Nope. Nothing to examine in any real detail. A real, certified, small problem, TM. Not a big one. That would be an actual problem, and Foggy doesn't have any of those. He definitely has a crush on Matt Murdock. Matt Murdock, former roomie, former co-worker, and former co-owner of a law practice. There's a gala. Foggy invites Matt. It's fine. Foggy will admit to having, like, a small problem. Just a small one, though. Nothing serious. Nope. Nothing to examine in any real detail. A real, certified, small problem, TM. Not a big one. That would be an actual problem. And Foggy doesn't have any of those. He definitely has a crush on Matt Murdock. Matt Murdock, former roomie, former co-worker, and former co-owner of a law practice. Foggy moved firms. They, in theory, grew apart. They pass one another in the courthouse every now and then, exchange brief words, sometimes talk over the phone. Matt has the practice to himself. He is doing well. So is Foggy, given he's at one of the most prestigious firms in the country. So, he hoped he would get over it. The crush, that is. Foggy only realized it even existed once he'd already parted ways with Matt. But the months haven't made a difference, and instead he is accidentally bumping into Matt's shoulders on the few occasions they're around each other. The last time Foggy tried that, Matt actively dodged him. Foggy tries not to read too far into that. And it's fine. He's fine. It's totally fine. His heart doesn't skip a beat when he sees Matt on the TV, nor does it skip when he hears people talking about him. About Matthew Murdock. Him. Yes. The thing is, Matt's doing great on his own. People are talking about him, and he's winning cases, and he's always doing that hot, crooked smirk and tilting his head and lifting his brows. Except now everyone seems to be noticing that smirk, and... Foggy's normal about that, too. Smirking Matt Murdock. Smug Matt Murdock. Asshole lawyer genius Matt Murdock, as one of Foggy's co-workers recently said. People ask Foggy about him from time to time, and he's normal about that, too. He's so normal when he walks past a courtroom and sees Matt sitting on the fucking desk, legs swinging, cane dangling between his knees as he tears a witness apart. Okay, so, like, just a small problem made worse by the fact that other people are starting to notice Matt Murdock, 
and even worser by the fact that Matt Murdock is acting very much the smug playboy Foggy occasionally saw when in law school together. Then Foggy hears, like, just a little bit of gossip about the owner of the firm he works for, and the gossip is suspicious. And then, you know, there's a little charity ball going on, employees and significant others invited to join alongside the donors. So, you know, like, obviously he texts Matt. Hey Matt, long time no see. Lol, get it? Time? I was wondering if you'd help me out on something. He doesn't wait for a reply. He doesn't want to know if Matt plans to ignore him yet. They haven't texted in... two weeks-ish? I heard something weird about my boss, and he's hosting a charity ball tomorrow night, and I'm worried something may be up. I'm not exactly, uh, qualified with the same sparkles emoji, expertise, sparkles emoji, as you when it comes to certain <coughs> things, so I was wondering if you would go with me and sniff things out. Not literally, of course. Except when literally actually does apply, lol. He throws his phone to the other side of his desk, buries his face in his hands, and muffles a yell. Then remembers he left his office door open. Foggy stops yelling, curses quietly, and jumps up to hightail it to the door, mouthing an apology to Beth walking outside, and returned to his idiot ways. Which means distracting himself with cases, and then, after several minutes, Jesus, it's been two hours? What? Leaping out his phone the fucking second he hears it chime that he has a reply. For lack of a better term, Matt is busy when Foggy texts him, then texts him again, and again and again, serial messages as Foggy has always done. He's forgot the woman's name the second she agreed to go back to her place with him in tow. He actually genuinely cannot care less what it is. She feels good and warm, and her mouth is sweet, and tastes like chapstick, and she cries his name every time she comes, racks with pleasure beneath him, around him, when he thrusts into her. She's loud, too. He likes it when they're loud. Makes him feel a little bit better about his own attempts to maybe shut the fuck up, only to find himself apparently incapable of shutting up during sex. Oops. Then Foggy texts him. His phone announces it, quietly enough that only he can hear. Text message from Foggy. Then again, and... And then it's not enough to run his tongue up between her breasts, because now all he's thinking about is Foggy, Foggy, Foggy. And when he clamps his teeth around her nipple and she throws her head back and moans, just for a second, he imagines that it's Foggy he's fucking instead. Almost immediately, Matt's own head is going back, and he's snapping his hips hard, deep, and... Fuck. Distantly, his phone rings out the final announced text from Foggy, and Matt is fucking seething. The woman is none the wiser, having clenched and come with him, likely assuming his expletive had been from pleasure rather than from getting pissed off because he just... Matt just... She... He rolls over on the bed and pants upward. He is not into men. He is not into men, and that includes Foggy. Still, the shame echoes through him, clutching at his chest, leaving him feeling slightly nauseous even as the orgasm finishes flooding his system. Fuck the woman says in a sigh. Matt isn't into men. He isn't. He rolls on top of her, planting a row of kisses up her neck, just to behind her ear. Wanna go again? The first time Matt killed someone, it was an accident. Mostly because he just hadn't expected it to stick. The hand is special like that, and he was annoyed, 
getting more annoyed, and it doesn't count if they come back to life anyway, and he snapped the fucker's neck. It crunched perfectly, easily, as if Matt had done this a million times before. He dropped, breathing hard next to dead hand guy, giving himself a break before he woke up again. He doesn't wake up again. Matt brings the body home with him. It stays in his closet for him to monitor for a few days. After two weeks, it occurs to him that this guy is not coming back. He's dead. He's dead, and Matt killed him. And it had been so easy. And it hadn't even mattered. And he hadn't even cared. And he'd killed him. He'd killed him. Needless to say, it wasn't a good time. Matt ran through at least a dozen options as he paced a pathway in his apartment, and all of them ended up with Matt either in jail, dead, seriously maimed, or all of the above. He hid the body. Sometimes he still checks its status. Still dead. Decaying. Dead. Matt had screamed himself hoarse. His neighbor threatened to call the police, and then Matt went out instead and screamed himself hoarser outside, and cried. A lot. Until he was dizzy and unbalanced and hiccuping and pathetic. The next week was a blur of motion, of not eating enough, of sitting in a shower, of ignoring anyone who texted or called. That was just a month and a half out from when Foggy had canceled the partnership on their firm. So Foggy had texted half of all the total text messages he'd received. They'd still been talking, but after that week it was less, and Matt felt sick. He forgot how to be human. Forgot everything. He went to a bar. Not Josie's. He drank a lot. Too much. He went to the roof. Matt is nothing if not an acrobat. Even drunk, he isn't likely to just... fall. But he stands on the edge, tosses his empty bottle down, gauges how best to split his head open on impact. Then he isn't alone on the roof. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Get down from there, man. Come on. Here, hey, take my hand. There you go. Syllables rolled over each other like rocks in a landslide, deep and grating and rumbling in all the best ways. He was also a drug lord, Matt realized, one he'd been thinking about taking down before he'd accidentally, not accidentally, killed a guy. Ajax is his name. He's a piece of shit with a nice voice, the kind of guy who thinks he can handle himself in a fight and is only half right, though not because he's a gym bro, as he might think. He's also the guy helping Matt down from the ledge, checking on him, asking if he's all right. What was he thinking? Hey, maybe take a step back. Let's breathe, yeah? Let's talk about what's going on. Matt knows Ajax is generally a piece of shit, of the worst kind, arguably, and if he isn't there already, he'll get there. Matt kisses him anyway, bruising and deep, and Ajax is just barely tipsy, even though Matt's entirely drunk, but obviously neither of them care. Matt kisses him, and Ajax pins him to the wall, and Matt immediately gets hard, and when Ajax speaks against his skin, Matt's falling apart. Ajax fucks him into the roof. It fucking hurts, honestly, and it feels amazing. He comes twice, then a piece of him sobers up, and he immediately freaks the fuck out. And well, Ajax is bad anyway, even if Ajax stopped him from killing himself. This is, of course, what he tells himself after the fact. The truth is that he tears Ajax apart because of the sex thing. Because of the, but I'm not gay, thing. So, oops. He sneaks from the woman's apartment after they finish two more rounds. He's contemplating foggy, 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 feeling gross and exhausted and tired and ashamed. And then he lets the screen reader do its thing, and somehow everything is worse. 
45 minutes later, he has successfully told himself he doesn't have to be a shit friend just because he's feeling sorry for himself. He texts back, Sure, give me a time, a place to meet, and tell me what to wear. Foggy is nervous, though he shouldn't be. Or maybe he should be. Oh fuck, he should be nervous. Well, then, good thing he's already nervous, sweating through his best nice shirt. Also, good thing it's white, so it hides the sweat stains all right. He told Matt to meet him just outside the address of the gala, which is inside a fancy-ass hotel Foggy still can't afford, despite now being a big-shot money-making lawyer. He should have offered to meet at Matt's place, or had Matt meet at his, but he didn't want to take the metro with him and give Matt time to reconsider, especially since Foggy's going to have to tell him, Oh yeah, we were only allowed to invite significant others, so for all intents and purposes, you're my significant other. <laughs> uh, that's okay, right? And Matt, being Matt, Foggy doesn't actually know what he'd do. But he does think Matt would have weaseled his way out if Foggy had given him enough time to reconsider, as he definitely would have if they'd met at the apartment and taken a subway. Here, though, less than a block from the hotel... Foggy's tapping his foot and readjusting his coat for maybe the fifteenth time. He smooths back his hair and counts to ten. Then he sees Matt tapping his way up the sidewalk. He cuts a slim, crisp figure, all edges and cool confidence as he sweeps his cane in front of him. As usual, he's wearing his red glasses, and as usual, they somehow manage to complement his sweep of red hair. He's also wearing a black suit with red lapels, and Foggy is, of course, normal about this. When Foggy spots him, Matt smirks, like he knows, which he probably does, though maybe he doesn't know about the whole crush thing, seeing as Matt always seemed painfully oblivious to someone's attraction, unless that someone was an attractive woman. When Matt reaches him, Foggy pulls him into a hug. Matt makes a brief startled noise, then pats him on the back. Foggy pulls away and smiles at him. How have you been? I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. Matt gives him that disarming, crooked smile. I feel like I haven't seen you ever. Foggy rolls his eyes and punches him in the shoulder. Shut up! You didn't answer my question. Matt's expression softens, and he gently punches Foggy back. I'm all right. I. His face contorts, like there's something he wants to say. Only, it just as quickly shudders again. It's nice to hear from you. I've been, uh, following your cases. He bumps Foggy's shoulder with his own, tilting his head in the direction of the hotel they should start moving to. You're on a winning streak. Foggy snorts. And so are you. Talk of the town, Matthew Murdoch. I bet you have all kinds of people knocking down your door these days. He doesn't start walking towards the hotel. Matt tilts his head. Something like that. No literal doors knocked down, though. Not yet, anyway. There's a pause. Well, at the office. It's a small reference. Like Matt just wants to test the waters of, I'm still Daredevil. And he is. Daredevil's also on the news, and the guy's still brutal. Maybe a bit more brutal these days. Foggy hasn't given it much thought, though maybe he should. I would hope not, he says, still smiling. I'd rather not learn that Jessica Jones saw fit to give you a remodeling. Matt snorts, and it makes Foggy's heart sing. No, best not, Matt says. Foggy clears his throat. Um, anyway, about this gala... thing. Right over that way, yeah? Yeah! Yeah, Maddie, it's, uh, you're nervous. Matt shifts, and then his stance goes predatory, stiff, all those angular movements building into something sharp and dangerous. What exactly are you worried your bosses are doing? 
Foggy shakes his head. No, it's... I don't know, honestly. There's the usual gossip about money laundering and shady donations. But Shogun apparently has a reputation as well, specifically when it comes to new partners. There's the chance some of the bigger donors could be involved, but, well, I just don't know. I have no idea what to look for. And you asked, me? Instead of Karen? She's good at this kind of thing, you know. Better than me. Matt needs to stop saying reasonable things. Karen's busy today. Thank God that's true. Besides, I don't know if I'm even right, and I don't want her trying to do a deep dive into something when maybe there's nothing. It's just a one-night thing, and you have pretty good ears. If anyone will hear something, it'll be you. Besides, he continues, elbowing Matt in the side, I like hanging out with you. Matt's nose goes pink. It's probably because of the cold. Right? Makes sense. Speaking of this party, um, it's... Matt's lifting his brows, the smarmy little grin starting to reappear. Party? You know what I mean. He takes a deep breath, and Matt's expression goes serious as he waits for Foggy to continue. Four employees. It's just us and the plus one, you know? Matt hums affirmatively. Well, those plus ones have to be significant others. Not, like, friends. Matt is completely still. The only evidence that he is, in fact, not a statue, is the way the wind curls through his hair. After several very, very long seconds, Matt opens his mouth. Then he closes it, ducking his chin a bit. Eyebrows furrowed inward. After another long moment, he says, You're wanting me to pretend we're... The fact that Matt can't even say the word is maybe not a good sign. Dating? Matt hums again in a pretty butchered rendition of affirmation this time around. Yes? Yes. Oh, Matt says. Hmm, I didn't realize. He tilts his head. Foggy counts another four long seconds before Matt holds out his elbow. Foggy blinks. Well, Matt says. He recrafts his smirk into something easy, smug. You're going to have me walk in there alone, or have you decided against having me as your arm candy? Foggy's heart jumps. He's lucky he doesn't stammer. Please don't ever say arm candy again, Matt. If anything, I'm your arm candy. I'm obviously the beautiful one between us. He hooks his arm through Matt's. Plus, I'm a total catch of a boyfriend. You're lucky to have me. Matt's head tilts back as he laughs, then starts their progression towards the hotel. Right, of course. I'm a very lucky guy. Yes. Matt thinks he was a good two inches away from a panic attack when Foggy blindsided him with the whole Ha <laughs> you're actually my fake boyfriend thing. Maybe less. He agrees to do it. It would be suspicious not to. Besides, he is secure enough in his own sexuality to do this. Right? Right? Sure, he almost cuts and runs, bolts from the premises. But he doesn't. And now he's walking in here on the arms of his former best friend, towards whom he has no other than platonic feelings. This is just to help Foggy investigate, or something. Never mind that it's hard enough to focus his senses enough to not collapse, trying to overhear secret plans from people he doesn't know, nor recognize, and plots ambiguous to even Foggy? Completely off the table. Matt just has to act normal, and maybe tell Foggy his bosses were quiet about everything during the gala. If there was any suspicious activity, it wasn't spoken aloud. There. Perfectly reasonable lie. He just has to make it through today. Simple. Simple compared to so many of the things he's been doing recently. Like stacking a progressively taller pile of hand bodies. And Ajax. Eh. And 
he isn't at all thinking about how all these strangers are now going to think he's not straight. And furthermore, in a relationship with Foggy. But that's fine. He's fine. He's totally and completely calm and doesn't need to examine this. He keeps up appearances. He's gotten really good at that. He had to. If everyone knew he wanted to kill himself and nearly did, and then also knew that he started killing other people, and then also had any idea about how fucking disgusting he found himself, he'd probably be sent to a fucking asylum. Best not. He can smile and be cocky, because he's smart and good at what he does. And what is a courtroom except a performance anyway? And how hard can it be to take that performance and extend it to literally every other part of his life? Easy. The gala smells extravagant. They have personal chefs on hand, and all of the foods are tiny and free, and really good in that chefish way. Matt can taste all of it before he even steps inside. And when they do step inside, there are a lot of people, obviously. Matt knew this. He still isn't prepared for what this actually means, especially when these people know Foggy. And Matt, apparently. A woman immediately swarms up to them. Franklin! And Murdoch? I didn't realize. It's lovely to see you, Beth. Foggy says genially. And yes, this here is Matt. Perhaps by accident, Foggy's hold through his arm tightens. He's a bundle of nerves, as is, despite how calm he sounds. Matt doesn't know why he does it. He moves his hand so, rather than hooking arms, they're holding hands. He squeezes Foggy's hand once, then gives Beth a winning smile. I also think it's lovely to see you. I'm sure you look amazing. Foggy nods. Her dress matches your lapels. Red? as if you didn't know that already. And it's a specific red. Excuse you. Beth laughs with good humor. Well, excuse me. Yes, we do match. And it's lovely to meet you, Matt. She says his name with a great deal of uncertainty. I've heard a lot about you, though not from Franklin here. Matt chuckles, then bumps his shoulder against Foggy's. Fuck, he needs a drink. Or twelve. If he's not careful, he's going to squeeze Foggy's hand too tight and break a couple of his bones. No, I don't suppose you would have. It's... we're quiet about a relationship is all, Foggy says. Finally, a hint of his nerves peek through, like he's worried he went too far. Beth hums. Hmm. Well, you make an adorable couple, and an unstoppable pair of lawyers, if you went back into practice together. I can't imagine why you'd want to work apart. Shogun would love to have you, Matt, I'm sure. His grin turns into a razor. He doesn't overthink the words, adorable couple. They're not a couple. This is just pretend. I'm sure they would. As of now, we're both happy where we're at. No need to change what's already working, right? I suppose not. Good for you both. He cocks his head. And you are... also an attorney? Small talk goes on. Foggy totes Matt through the building as they eat food and drink alcohol. Free open bar, thank fuck. Matt does attempt to listen, but everything is just noise, and he is pretending to be Foggy's boyfriend, and pretending he's gay and happy and normal. At one point, Foggy does pull him off to the side. He radiates those nerves, still paired now with concern. Maybe guilt. Matt isn't sure. Is there... You sure you're up for this, Matt? The idea of leaving stings like a bite. And then that idea morphs into leaving with Foggy, and they could go somewhere quiet, or they can just sneak into the closet on the eastern hallway and... The blood rushes to his face. Foggy's still holding his hand, and Matt's starting to sweat. Foggy just asked him here to help. And Matt isn't helping because he's a failure who can't do anything right, and he's so busy being not horny that he can barely comprehend the question and... I'm all right, he says, grinning easily. A bit hot, maybe, but nothing I can't handle. Why? 
Something wrong? No, no, nothing's wrong. I just don't want to push your boundaries is all. Matt's grin morphs into a smirk. He is a walking bad idea. He is an idiot. He is... What boundaries? No holds barred as far as I'm concerned. Unless, of course, you're too nervous. I understand, though I will take it personally. Oh my god, shut up, Matt. Foggy's smiling. Matt can hear it. He loves that sound. But fine. No holds barred, asshole. His heart's racing. He's definitely nervous. You're not the only one who can play dirty. I'll have you know. Matt's own heart is also racing. He finishes his drink. This is... fine. And it's fine because it's just a joke for both of them. And Matt doesn't feel anything untoward. If he did feel something, this would be cruel to Foggy, because Foggy isn't interested, and Matt would be taking advantage of his ignorance. Matt is a bad person. Anything he does is probably going to be a bad thing by virtue of the fact that he's the one doing it. Dirty. You could never, Matt says. And then Foggy brings a hand to Matt's face, turns him towards the corner, and angles his face towards Matt. Matt thinks Foggy's going to kiss him. He wants Foggy to kiss him. To anyone watching, it almost definitely looks like that's exactly what's happening. But instead, Foggy's lips go near his ear, and his breath is warm, and he just says, Maybe, maybe not. Either way, loser buys drinks for a month. Then he pulls back. Matt's heart is thumping hard enough that he may as well go through a cardiac arrest. His pants are also starting to tent just a bit. He clears his throat and blinks, uh, escapes him before he can gather himself. And then he does, but he's still a bit compromised. Not bad, asshole. He brings his hands to Foggy's tie and adjusts it. Not actually, but it's good to act like it, especially since even just that leaves Foggy blushing. Not bad at all, counselor, Foggy says. He takes Matt's hand again. Come on, I saw some tiny sandwiches I want to try. Foggy is feeling giddy, and tipsy, but mostly giddy. Matt's playing along. Not only is he playing along, but he escalated things by turning it into gay chicken. Even if Matt hadn't called it that, that's exactly what it is. And Foggy could ride this high. He's holding Matt's hand. When he pushed in, faking that short makeout sesh right when Matt decided to go big or go home, he'd been scared, obviously. But he could swear Matt's breath hitched, that he'd almost turned in towards Foggy's lips, and that flesh that adorned his cheeks wasn't just the heat of the ballroom. And Matt had definitely, definitely been hard. Foggy had looked. Matt, however, is still treating this all with an air of nonchalance. He's so cool and casual, and it's good for convincing people that their relationship is real when Matt's so normal about the relationship. But Foggy knows a little better. Hopefully. Maybe Matt's genuinely just treating it like a game to win, and there's nothing more to it than that. Maybe that's why he's so calm. Foggy just hopes this awakens... something between them, as ridiculous as it may sound. If this is a game, Matt's definitely winning. People love Matt. Matt's great and charming and smart and attractive, and he's the right kind of smarmy given the crowd of lawyers and people who want to pay for lawyers, or donors, whatever. It's a hit overall. Matt's a hit overall. Matt and Foggy are a hit overall. They drink some more. Foggy's pretty certain Matt's acting more tipsy than he actually is, with how he's hanging off Foggy. When they're talking to Lestray, who's on the partner track for the firm, so damn, Matt squeezes Foggy's ass. Foggy yelps mid-sentence, and Matt laughs his own ass off, and Lestrade laughs with him good-naturedly, but oh my fucking god, Matt. After that display, 
while Matt's still laughing. Foggy laughs with him, then rolls his eyes and smacks his ass back. He wants to grab it, obviously, and smacking it just tells him exactly how much he wants to do that, because it's a ridiculously good ass. Foggy knew this objectively, of course, but it's different to feel it. Matt's surprised, and his mouth briefly forms an O before he's laughing again, bumping Foggy's hip with his own and then twirling his cane. Foggy does, of course, inform Matt that Lestray's on partner track, implying he'll probably know a lot about what's going on with the big uns. But he has no idea if Matt actually pays attention. In fact, Matt doesn't seem to care about anything at all, which is fine. It wouldn't have been fine if Foggy believed all the gossip and was seriously here to investigate, but he's not. He's here to spend time with Matt and act like they're dating and pretending this will have zero long-term consequences. This cannot possibly go poorly. He may as well enjoy the moment regardless, right? It's so nice. It really is. Even if it's temporary or fake or Matt doesn't feel anything. Foggy likes it. A lot. And it's been far too long since he's hung out with Matt anyway. Foggy begins holding Matt more properly in the next conversation. A hand around Matt's waist, resting on his hip, moving to his lower back. Move lower. At one point, Foggy drags his hand up a bit under Matt's suit and untucks his shirt just enough to press his fingers against the warm skin. That touch gets Matt. After a couple hours, some people start to clear out. Foggy starts to worry that it's almost over, but then Owlsby visits them, extremely complimentary to both of them. Matt seems to recognize him, at least after a moment, especially when Owlsby straight up offers Matt a position at the firm with a promise he could work closely with Foggy. Matt's first response is to smile all cat-like and chuckle politely. You'd be an addition as excellent as your partner, Owlsby insists. Something's off, though, and Foggy doesn't know what. It feels fake, even if the offer's real. Then Owlsby's face pointedly lights up, and he says, Here's an idea. Why don't you both stay a little while longer? There's an after-event once the gala's over, and we'd love to see you both there. They agree, obviously. Either to spend more time with each other or to investigate. It hardly matters. The result is the same. They called it an after-event, Matt snickers. Just say after-party. We know this is basically your version of prom. Foggy snickers with him. Then, when said after-event seems to start rolling around, and the venue has emptied a whole lot until only the richest and the highest up remain, Foggy wonders if this was a bad idea after all. Matt's finally becoming a bit more stiff, potentially deciding this is no longer fun and games. Or worse, he actually found something worth reporting to Foggy about. Still, he lets Foggy brush through his sweep of hair, styling it back into place. Matt thanks him by leaning forward and planting a kiss on his cheek. Foggy blushes bright red, then leans forward and kisses Matt's forehead. There. He gets to blush, too. Someone clears their throat. Foggy turns abruptly, clearly startled to find Beth. Oh, hi. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt, she says. It's fine. Sorry, Foggy says, then winces. She smiles brightly, then brushes some hair over her shoulder. The after-event is just this way. She waves her hand for them to follow. Matt takes Foggy's hand. He's gone stiff again. Foggy slows just enough to put a little distance between them and Beth. His voice isn't even a whisper, but he knows Matt hears it. What's wrong? Matt shakes his head, clenching his jaw a bit. I don't know. It's weird. They're being weird. That's super unhelpful, Matt, Foggy hisses. Beth glances back at them. Foggy waves, then catches back up again. So, what is this event? Oh, just a private get-together, the sorts. 
Shogun's the quiet type, as I'm sure you know, Franklin, hence why he wasn't around much for the actual event itself, except for certain meet-and-greets, of course. Matt mutters something under his breath. When Beth looks his way, he's back to wearing his charming smile. Of course, Foggy says. They're taken upstairs, and Matt keeps squinting behind his glasses and clenching his jaw, then immediately acting like the world's at his feet the next moment, all delighted snark and playfulness. Something's changed within him over these past months. This, at least, Foggy recognizes, though he doesn't know what. It's weird. Not bad. Just weird. Then again, Matt's always weird. One turn and a long, beautifully decorated hallway, which he narrates to Matt, of course, later, and they're brought to a door that Beth has to actually unlock. It feels so ridiculous. And then they're inside, and Foggy actually uses his eyes and... He makes a noise he doesn't recognize, then promptly turns around to face the hallway. Matt, by virtue of still being held by Foggy, is turned around as well. Excuse me? Foggy squeaks. There are multiple undressed or mostly undressed women. Tops down bare, at least. Foggy turns before he could make sense of the other bodies in the room. Beth clicks the door shut, though she actually remains on the other side, leaving Matt and Foggy behind to... This. Christ, was this what Matt meant by weird? You can look. Owlsby. That's Owlsby's voice. They're part of the entertainment tonight. He pauses. You can look, and I'm sure Murdoch is welcome to touch, just like the rest of us, he adds. What the fuck? Foggy hisses. Literally, Matt says, and Foggy could actually kill him right now. Then Foggy clears his throat, lifting both his hands, prying one from Matt's death grip, and keeping his eyes low. I, uh, I'm sure we both appreciate the invitation, but... But nothing. Foggy finally looks. It's Owlsby, who's surrounded by three mostly naked women, and he's sipping a glass of wine, and now just wearing a robe. What is happening? It's an invitation. You get the come. Owlsby shrugs, then tilts his head towards yet another door. Foggy takes in more of the room, unfortunately. There are five women total. The two other... Huh. That's... That's Lestray nearly naked on the couch, with a pair of women starting to... Sex cult? Is this a sex cult? Should I start asking questions? Says Matt, like he doesn't know exactly what's laid out in front of him. Take him through there, Owlsby says to Foggy, as if Matt's an object to whirl around and can't be spoken to himself. God... Shogun's expecting you. Huh, Foggy says, very coherently. Owlsby lifts a gray brow. We're offering you room to start moving up, with your partner, of course. Shogun would just like the opportunity to speak to you both. You can take your time. If you have interest in a woman, that is, no rush. Nope, that's, uh, all right. He grabs Matt's hand again. Then, for the sake of their audience and the fact that they believe Matt to not know anything about what's happening, lots of mostly naked women here. They're the best, Owlsby adds. Ah, says Matt. Foggy starts to realize then that Matt does indeed have heightened senses. So he doesn't just know what's going on, he knows what's going on. And his shoulders are starting to do a thing. And Foggy's pretty sure that, yep, Matt's starting to get hard again. And Matt almost definitely doesn't want everyone in this room. One of the women breaks off from Owlsby to saunter over. Hello, you, she says. And before Foggy can think to react think to parse out what's going on, she's squatting down in front of Matt and running a hand along the front of his pants where they've just begun to tent again. Matt's whole body jolts, and then he grabs her wrist and guides it away, wearing an alarmed smile and tight laugh while he's saying, Okay, that's... you don't... that's not necessary. 
Foggy gently tugs Matt away, in the direction of the door Alsby gestured towards. We're just gonna... And then, after making sure Matt was recovered enough, takes him straight to the door. Matt's still tense, his shoulders starting to lift just a bit, his movements even more angular, and his steps are awkward as he tries to work through his arousal, which Foggy is pointedly not mentioning. Matt's not saying anything either, and Foggy is just, like, a little bit worried. He pulls open the door and blanches. Oh, God! It's Shogun, who Foggy's talked to all of one time ever, and he's completely naked, and he's getting slowly jerked off by an equally naked man. Sex cult! Definitely a sex cult! What the fuck? Mr. Nelson, Shogun says easily. Mr. Murdoch. He inclines his head. You're blind, yes? Matt's completely tense at this point. Yes. Shogun stands up and the handjob stops. Unfortunately, Foggy does happen to look and Shogun is absolutely hung like a horse. And dear fucking God. Oh, God. You're in a room. Red walls. Gold embossing. There are myself and three other men in here, all of whom are naked. The other pair is currently engaged in sex, which you may hear. Shogun's starting to smirk. Do you hear them, Mr. Murdoch? Matt blinks. What's your point? You have to realize that all of this is a claim waiting to happen. I didn't. Foggy and I weren't. You know damn well that's not how this works. Shogun's voice is light, as if they're all in on a joke together. Foggy is still trying very hard not to look at the guy's dick. Matt makes a neutral noise. I'm perfectly aware of the sway you hold, sure, but... Shogun waves a hand. Yes, yes. Regardless, I am giving you both an opportunity. You two are clearly very taken with one another. I have expected you to fuck during the event itself, if I'm quite honest. Except he hadn't been there. He'd been... hearing about them from other people. Or... cameras. Foggy says before he can think better of it. Shogun smirks. Of course. He inclines his head. So, Mr. Nelson, you are now acutely aware of what I like. I won't force you to participate, of course. That's a loaded phrase if Foggy's ever heard one. Though it seems you and Mr. Murdoch both are already a bit... excited. It would be a shame to waste that. Ha 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 Oh, God. His boss is calling him out in his hard-on. Worse still, he's calling him and his fake boyfriend both out on their hard-ons. What the fuck? We're not, uh, very exhibitionary, I think. Why did he have to add, I think, to the end of that? And even more importantly, why is this making things worse for him in a way that feels stupidly good? He can't even pretend that it's because he would win the free drinks if Matt decides he doesn't want to... do whatever any of this is. Because at this point, it's obviously a bit further than, uh, what either of them initially expected. But he's still stuck on the fact that Matt called it weird, and then proceeded to have them both come up here anyway, as if he didn't know exactly what was going on, because clearly he did, and he chose to come anyway chose to be let up here and act oblivious. Shogun quirks an eyebrow. Oh? Matt's not moving. He's turning a bit red, but... Does this asshole really want the free fucking drinks that badly? God, what a dick. It's like he doesn't even realize the whole of what Shogun's implying. We have a couple more private rooms, of course. Shogun says, waving a hand. Though I would certainly have no complaints if you chose to stay here. Neither would my boys, I imagine. It was already such fun to see how you picked each other apart downstairs. This has got to be a fever dream. Or just a regular dream. A dream with, uh, a lot of opportunities behind it. Foggy doesn't even care about the implications of this potentially helping him level up with the firm or something. If Shogun's quietly holding this over his head without saying anything, 
He just cares that he's being goaded into proving how much he likes Matt, in a situation where things are more drastic than he would have ever expected. And he isn't upset about that, or how fucked up this whole situation is. He's just... anxious about the fact that Matt probably doesn't actually even want something to do with him. Private room, Matt says abruptly. We, uh, don't need any of your... Shogun's smile is smug, leering as he slowly eyes over Matt. Of course, through there, he points. I can lead you if... Got it, thanks! Foggy says in a rush, dragging Matt in the general direction and promptly hoisting him through the door, shutting it, then putting his back to it. Holy crap! What is happening? Matt's standing in front of him, fiddling with his cane a bit, head tilted. I'm pretty sure they were clear about exactly what's happening. Oh my god! Matt tisks at him. Oh, shut up! He bangs his head against the door, then finally leans off it, taking in the room. Smaller, the size of a motel room, honestly, with a luxurious couch and two chairs across it, and a couchside table with a pumpable bottle of lube. That's... Matt suddenly steps into his space, dropping his cane and wrapping his arm loosely around Foggy's neck. His mouth goes next to his ear. Cameras. Oh, shit. Foggy blanches. After a moment of hesitation, he brings both his hands to Matt's waist. We can go. Leave. It's fine. Free drinks, Matt quips. The circumstances have obviously changed just a bit, Matthew. So I win. Matt quips on. Shut up, you do not. They're blackmailing us. They just haven't said it to our faces yet. Matt adds on, as if this literally wasn't the most important part of the conversation they should be having. What? Hmm. Matt grabs Foggy's tie, pushing him back into the wall. His expression is back to the cool, suave look. It's not bad. Knock you down a few pegs. Tried to sink my firm, maybe. Depends on... Finally, his face breaks that exterior, and some of actual Matt shines through. Uh, us, I guess. How much of a pain in their asses we prove to be. Shogun really wants. He clenches his jaw hard, leaning forward a bit, and Foggy can feel Matt's chest starting to heave just a bit. Is he panicking? Fuck, he's... Did Foggy just... It's okay. It'll be okay, I promise. I can take care of all of it. Your firm will be fine. I'll be fine. You don't need to panic... Matt growls and presses tighter against him, enough that Foggy can absolutely, completely feel Matt's heart on, and Jesus does that have an effect. Shit, Matt says. Um, says Foggy, acutely aware now that Matt probably knows exactly what's happening to his body because of this. I am... A horrible person. The worst. I'm a horrible fucking person who does terrible things and enjoys it, Matt says with a strange air of desperation. Okay? Foggy blinks at Matt, whose expression is now determined. I'm not panicking, Matt says, like he's panicking. I'm going to win. That doesn't mean... He shakes his head violently. I'm going to win. Foggy is once again rendered mostly speechless and very confused, and he doesn't even realize what's happening until Matt's mouth is on his. And immediately, Foggy is kissing him back. Matt's mouth tastes like cool copper and peppermint, and Foggy already knows he'll be addicted. He kisses back harder, especially as Matt pulls on his tie again. In fact, Foggy goes so far as to spin them around so he's pinning Matt against the wall. Only Matt's a ninja who could easily get out of the situation, and he doesn't. His cheeks are flamed, his glasses knocked askew, and when he finally pulls back, he's completely breathless, lips already started to get swollen. Foggy definitely no longer knows what this is. Like, at all. He's going to ask. If he is. He should. He will. 
He opened his mouth to do exactly that, and then somehow, inexplicably, they're kissing again. Not Foggy's fault. Somewhere in the back of his mind, he's being told this is a bad idea. Foggy usually tries to avoid bad ideas, except he has the notable exception of all things Matt, and this falls under that category. So he continues kissing him, dragging his hands up Matt's side, only the bite of fabric separating him from skin. And when Matt gasps, Foggy coos. So pretty. Matt's body locks up at the praise. Then he's surging forward again, stepping up high to catch Foggy's lips, walking him backwards, even as Foggy stumbles over his cane, briefly grabbing the arm of one of the chairs. Somewhere along the way, Matt sheds his jacket. The backs of Foggy's knees bump against the couch, but Matt doesn't stop. He continues bringing Foggy back, pressing him to a sitting position on the couch, while Matt lithely gets on top of him. His knee is on either side of him, so he's straddling Foggy. Foggy's breathless again, especially as Matt tugs hard at his tie, kissing him even harder, and grinds down onto Foggy's cock. The blood just rushes faster, hotter, and he really wants to take his pants off, but he also doesn't want to move because whatever's come over Matt, yeah, Foggy has zero plans on stopping it. Fuck, Matt says against his lips. Fuck, I'm not. God damn it. Uh, are you? Shut up. Matt kisses him again, yanking at Foggy's jacket, and obviously, Foggy helps him take it off. Then Matt's hands are moving to dig under his shirt, hands smoothing up his skin. And this? This is very much the kind of desperation of someone who's been holding back. Foggy barks a laugh, then smiles, taking in Matt's flush, determined features, before grabbing his waist. How long have you been waiting to do that, buddy? You don't get it! Matt almost sounds like he's sobbing, which is awkward especially considering his hands still go to Foggy's pants and begin undoing the button. I'm horrible. I'm horrible. Okay, fine. Foggy's going to be reasonable. His voice is very low when he speaks. Is this about Daredevil hurting those people bad? Because I'm a monster. Matt puts his forehead to Foggy's, giving Foggy a perfect view of his snarl when he bears his teeth back. I can't keep fucking doing this. Doing what? Pretending. I can't keep pretending, and I'm a horrible person, and I hate myself and everything I've become, and I fucking hate how much I've been constantly thinking about fucking you. That certainly gets... a reaction from Foggy. It's hard trying to be a reasonable friend in these conditions. Conditions where your friend has been thinking about having sex with you for a while, apparently, and then some. They probably shouldn't go any further. Foggy swallows. Oh. Matt growls again, then undoes the zipper on Foggy's pants tugging them and his boxers down enough to... Fuck! Okay, okay, okay. I, uh... Matt, buddy, you... Matt takes the whole of Foggy's cock in his mouth, and Foggy makes a face and a noise, neither of which bear repeating, even as Matt gags before promptly trying to take all of him in again. It's unbelievably clumsy, but it's Matt, and he's sucking and licking and obviously trying to apply what has worked for him onto Foggy, and Foggy... Foggy ends up coming in Matt's mouth. Matt tries to take it, then chokes a bit and begins coughing up cum, which shouldn't be pretty, but... God, you look so good. Foggy's automatically saying as he sits back heavily, breathing hard, his dick softening from release as he stares on at his best friend, who's sitting back on his knees and looking a touch dazed, like maybe he can't believe what he's just done, but at the same time, he doesn't look like he hadn't enjoyed it. Though maybe he hates himself for that. Foggy never actually asked if Matt was that type of Catholic, considering Matt acted okay enough. But, like, well, too late now. So good, he says again, his head rolling back with a soft sigh. Then Matt's crawling on top of him again, clearly not having had enough, 
Jesus Christ. He aims for Foggy's mouth, and Foggy's only able to return the kiss half-heartedly. So Matt moves on, sucking and biting along his neck, sniffing along the base of his throat, rolling his hips forward, proving just how fucking hard he is. Matt's always been a horn dog with the stamina of an Olympic-class athlete, which now that Foggy actually thinks about it is probably true. But Foggy happens to be a normal guy, TM, so when Matt says, Fuck me. As much as that immediately sends Foggy into a heat of new arousal, it's not exactly enough. Maddie, I'll fuck you. Maddie, I really need you to fuck me, like right now, before I overthink it, and while I still wouldn't kill you for it. I'm sorry, what? What's that about killing me for, Matt? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Not you, Fogs. Never you. Foggy blinks. He shouldn't be getting aroused by any of this, probably. But, I mean, when you say it like that, the, uh, implication is... Please shut up and fuck me, Foggy. Buddy, I need at least a min... Matt groans, then digs his head into Foggy's chest, as though searching for any and all potential contact, like that would at all help to relieve his heart on. Foggy scoffs, then drags his hand through Matt's hair. If we're that desperate, have somebody else do it for me. Shut up, shut up! Foggy mimes, zipping his lips, then just in case says, I just mime zipping my lips. Foggy, please! Jesus Christ, what the fuck is happening? Foggy decides to backtrack. It's hard trying to be reasonable in a state like this. Maddie, did you kill somebody? Yes. The world goes still. Foggy is... not sure what he expected. There's a long tone at his ear, high-pitched and buzzing. And yet Foggy isn't actually... He doesn't know what he's feeling. Maybe numb with shock. But there's that part of him that's like, Hmm, well, I knew something was different about him. And I guess that's what. Which is ridiculous. I didn't mean to. I did, actually, but he wasn't supposed to stay dead. But then he did, and then I almost killed myself, and then I killed the guy who saved me. I was really drunk for that one, and he fucked me, and then I killed him, which I promise I won't do to you. Pinky swear across my heart. What the fuck? That felt pretty good to get off my chest, actually. Matt's glasses tip off his nose, giving Foggy a view of those increasingly cloudier brown eyes. Matt looks confused again, and Foggy's finally starting to realize what he meant by the horrible person thing. Are we good now? Um, I shouldn't have said any of that. Fuck, and I'd been doing so fucking well. No? No, I'm, uh, glad you told me, Maddie. You... There are so many things to focus on. Foggy will die if he looks on... Most of it, in too much detail. Because this is Matt. This is his best friend. His best friend, who apparently killed two people and almost killed himself. And Foggy had no idea. He doesn't... He can't... You were drunk? Matt looks relieved to have a detail to focus on, his shoulders dropping, and then he's clambering back on Foggy's lap and looping his tie around his hands. Yes, I was going to kill myself while drunk. Ajax talked me down and was nice enough, but he's actually a bad person overall, which shouldn't matter, but... Was he drunk? No, well, he did drink, but it wasn't much. He was tipsy, but not nearly where I was, given I drank about the whole fucking bar and... Foggy sees red. His heart thunders against his chest in a very different rhythm now, and he grabs Matt's chin with maybe too much force and looks him hard in the eyes, as if that'll make a difference. It does to Foggy, at least. I'm glad you killed him. Matt blinks owlishly. His hair is disheveled, his tie loose, collar half-flopped up. What? I know you probably don't know what he did, but I do, and I'm glad you killed him. And I'm absolutely not fucking you tonight. Because even if we're both kind of tipsy, I would much rather do that when we're both sober and can't pretend it's part of a game of gay chicken. Huh. It's not. This isn't what... 
It is, and you know it, Matt. Oh my god, I thought I was bad. Of course you've actually been ten times worse this whole time. Foggy, what are you? Foggy leans forward and kisses him again. He feels bright and alive, and he's maybe wondering if he's lost at least a few of his marbles, given he's thinking about watching Matt tear someone apart and starting to get hard again. Oh god, they're both fucked up. They should probably address that. Right now, he says, pulling back. I'm thinking about the fact that you just confessed to murder on camera, and there are a few people out there who may have access to those. I know where they lead. Good, Matt. Matt preens again, and Foggy obviously has to kiss his forehead because of it. Have you only... the two? I've killed a lot more than two people, and I'm definitely going to kill everyone with access to the cameras and backups. Sorry, Foggs. I'm also going to kill all three of those higher-ups out there because they're all completely fucking assholes and I hate them. And also, I would really, really like it if you came back to the firm. I promise we'd make money. Or I can take it. I've turned into a really, really horrible person, Foggs. He has absolutely no fucking clue what he's getting himself into. In that case, I'll help you. How's that? If you're ever... thinking about doing something bad, run it by me. Oh. Oh. That... might help. I still have that thing about wanting to fuck you, though. Later, Matt. I also have a thing where I don't want to be gay. That's the Catholic thing, isn't it? I knew I should have asked if you were that type of Catholic. Matt makes a weird, indeterminate noise. Fine, you're probably not gay exactly, but unfortunately I can't make you less attracted to men. Nor would I want to at this point. Sorry. Matt makes another strangled, wordless noise. I'll make you feel better about it, though. Maybe? Hopefully? He pauses a beat. But having sex make you feel worse or better about it? Foggy, I cannot keep having this conversation with myself, let alone with another human person. So maybe if I can just not think about it for a little bit, that would be... Matt was the one who brought it up. Fucking idiot. Foggy loves him. Fine. Fine. No more talk about the gay thing. Uh, isn't there something we have to do anyway? Matt puts on a wide, cruel, sharp-edged smile, and Foggy... Yeah, so normal about this. Just a little something, Matt says. And Foggy thinks, if nothing else, he's going to get even more of a show tonight. The End I met this funny girl alone Red. 